Welcome back. We finally got our answer on the Daniel Jones contract situation and Saquon Barkley for now. Daniel Jones at like, I don't know, what time was it? 3.53 or something. The deadline was 4 o'clock for deadlines at like 3.53, I would say. Daniel Jones signed a four-year, $160 million deal, $82 million guaranteed, and an extra $35 million in incentives. Saquon Barkley has the non-exclusive franchise tag placed on him, so of course the Giants can move him, but if not... He can play for $10.1 million next season. So yeah, I'm disappointed. I did not think Daniel Jones deserved anything more than the franchise tag. I mean, the way his entire resume looks, you take the jersey off of him and you just evaluate him as a football player. A guy like that should not be making the type of money he's making. Now, it's not the worst contract. The Giants can pretty much get out of this after year two. It's $82 million in guaranteed money, so... You know, it's not the worst contract in the world. I would say it's not too bad, you know, if you compare it to most other quarterbacks. But Daniel Jones is a very unique situation. Not many quarterbacks with the resume of Daniel Jones get big contract extensions like this. And honestly, when most quarterbacks have their fifth-year option decline, they don't really get picked up by their team and get extended after that. So I think for Jones, it was a perfect storm. He had the perfect head coach in Brian Dable. I'm sure Saquon being healthy all year helped him for that. Having Andrew Thomas helped him out. And the scheme was very good, and he played pretty well. So I know people say Jones had a great year. I wouldn't really phrase it like that. He had a good year last year, not a great year. But, I mean, you go down the list and you compare Daniel Jones' first four years to a guy like a Mitch Trubisky or a guy like a Baker Mayfield and you start saying to yourself, like, wow, these are actually pretty similar numbers. And the fact that Jones gets the extension and those guys are looked up, looked at as, like, bust and just backups right now. Like, why is Daniel Jones getting this big contract? I, I don't really get it. I really preferred him to play on the tag and just see how 2023 would play out. Now you kind of put yourself in a situation where, yeah, the cap hit for next year is lower. I think the Giants right now reportedly have a $19 million cap hit attached to Daniel Jones. So essentially... They're saving like $13 million as compared to the $32 million they would have to pay if they tagged him. So that's the good news in year one. The Giants do open up some more cap space. But if things do fail, I mean, it's it's going to be a bad look for next year and possibly the year after. It depends when they can get out of this thing. And I'm sure other fan bases will look at this contract and laugh. I've already gotten some texts from my friends being like, how did Daniel Jones get that contract? And I mean... I don't really know what to say. Of course, John Mara loves him. That's like number one. John Mara absolutely loves Daniel Jones and would defend him no matter what. And you would have to think based on, unless this is completely John Mara influenced, and I don't want to think that way. I would hope that Joe Shane's making all the calls around here that, you know, Brian Dable and Joe Shane believe Daniel Jones can take another step because this is the thing people don't get. You're not paying Daniel Jones for what he did last year. You're paying because you're assuming he's going to get better. All right. Like no one's paying this amount of money for a guy who threw for like 3,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. Like no one's paying for that. Right. That means you're going to get like backup quarterback type money. But what the Giants saw last year was a guy who they think is going to get better. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's the really concerning part about this. But Warren Sharp tweeted out some interesting stuff before. Daniel Jones, if he reaches a deal with the Giants, would become the first quarterback in history to sign for over $20 million per year after playing 15 or more games and throwing less than 20 touchdowns. There hasn't been another quarterback to sign for even $10 million plus 
per year after playing 12 plus games and throwing for only 15 touchdowns as Daniel Jones did. He also said Daniel Jones is the only quarterback in the modern passing era to play in 10 plus games for three consecutive years and throw fewer touchdowns than games played in every single year. 2020, 14 games played, 11 touchdown passes. 2021, 11 games played, 10 touchdown passes. This past year in 2022, 16 games, 15 touchdown passes. So Daniel Jones is out here breaking records and not for the right reasons. But hey, congrats to him. Congrats to Daniel Jones for getting the money. Congrats for all the people that really do believe in Daniel Jones and think he's a franchise quarterback. As I've said before, I wish I saw it the same way you guys did, but I don't. And that's, you know, it is what it is. I don't really know how to change my opinion. I need Jones to take a big step forward for me to do that. And, you know, from what we saw last year, the Giants kept the training wheels on him pretty much the entire year up until the last, like, you know, the Vikings game and the Colts game and then the playoff Vikings game. That's when they kind of opened up the offense more. But you have to admit that those are some of the worst defenses in the entire league. I mean, I mean those are like two of the three worst defenses in the entire NFL last year. So I, I get he put up some monster numbers, but you have to remember who he's playing against. And also, since 2015, there were three quarters backs to throw for less than 3,500 yards and under 20 passing touchdowns. That list is Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, and Daniel Jones. And look, I don't want to hear the excuses anymore. The excuses are over. When you're making this type of money, I don't want to hear about his left guard is not good enough, his center is not good enough, his wide receiver two is not good enough. I don't give a damn. When you're making this type of money, you are supposed to elevate the guys around you. I don't want to hear about the excuses. He wanted the big boy money. He got it. And now he has to put up big boy numbers. So truly, yeah, I want to see, like, I want to know what Brian Dable and Joe Shane think, you know, that he can be. I don't know what they really see. I think we, we've seen four years of Daniel Jones and people make the argument that, oh, you can't, you don't even know who he is because his weapons suck. But you absolutely can evaluate a quarterback if he doesn't have the best weapons, especially in four years. I mean, it's not like it's one season, four years of a guy. You can see what he is by now, and I don't know what they see exactly. I know Brian Dable and Joe Shane, they know more than me, but I still don't exactly get where they're coming from with this. The goal in this sport is to win championships, and I just don't know how Daniel Jones gets you there, especially on this type of contract now. So for the fans that got their way and enjoy going winless versus the Cowboys and Eagles every year, I mean, hey, you got your wish. You got Saquon back, you got Daniel Jones back, the gang is all here. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to expect. The Giants went 1-5-1 and in division games last year. It's, it's not very good. I mean, they got wins versus the AFC. They beat the Packers. It was nice. But, you know, Saquon's not going to have 1,300 rushing yards every year. You're not going to go 8-4-1 and in one-score games every year. I, I think it's very possible this team takes a step back. I think we all know that. I don't really see what the end goal with Daniel Jones is. That's why I kept saying he's like a dead-end street to me. I don't know where they see this going. I know that the Chiefs did something similar when they signed Alex Smith, and like he was fine. He was like a placeholder. He got them to the playoffs every year, but couldn't get them over the hump. So maybe Daniel Jones is that type of guy. I don't know, but I feel like I don't even know what the Giants, the way they feel about him. It seems like based on how Joe Shane talked about him in press conferences, they like him. But then again, the contract is a contract you can get out of after two years. So how much do they believe in him? I don't even know. But it's enough money for a guy like this. And the number one thing I learned, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way, is teach your kids to throw a football. That's pretty much the, the number one lesson here is that you should teach your kids to throw a football because this contract's pretty unbelievable for a guy who... Um, 
let's be honest, has been average so far in his NFL career. And once again, I've said this before, it's funny how Giants fans have criticized the Dallas Cowboys for the past few years because they extended Dak Prescott, they extended um, Ezekiel Elliott, and they put themselves in a tough spot. And the Giants are pretty much setting themselves up to do a similar thing. Now, Barkley has not been extended, quote-unquote, it was a franchise tag, but you're out here extending a quarterback on the same level as Dak Prescott, and I still think Dak is better. I don't know how you can argue otherwise, but I, I still think Dak's a better quarterback. So here we are doing the same thing Dallas was doing, but for some reason when the Giants do it, it's okay, but when Dallas does it, they're stupid and they're morons. I just don't really know how that makes sense. Another part about the Daniel Jones negotiations that annoyed me were that I don't know what other teams around the league would have given him this contract. That's why, in my opinion, they should have given him that tag where the other teams around the league have a chance to match it or give them a contract first. I think that's a non-exclusive one. Um, and at least see what the market is around the league for a guy like Daniel Jones. I don't really see many teams around here just really wanting a quarterback like that. And I remember seeing that Jeremy Fowler quote a couple of days ago, seeing that he said that the biggest takeaway from the combine at Indianapolis was basically how surprised other teams were by the amount of money the Giants were willing to negotiate with Daniel Jones. Here's the exact quote. When I ask people in Indy what has surprised them the most this week, the main answer is the Giants appear comfortable giving Daniel Jones a huge deal. So that kind of gives you an idea of like, what the NFL thinks about Daniel Jones. I don't know what it is about the Giants and what they feel in this building. I get that Daniel Jones is a you know, first one in, last one out type of guy, great locker room guy, teammates love him, blah, 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 which is pretty much the minimum requirement for a quarterback, let's be honest, but they do love all that stuff, and yeah, you're coming off a nine-win season, that's nice, but I can't just completely eliminate the first three years of his career from my mind, and you think I'm going to forget about the Eagles playoff game too? I mean, look, I get that the Giants were over, you know, outmatched and outclassed in that game, but you saw something from the Eagles defense that could have been the solution for figuring out the Giants offense. And that is basically have a quarterback spy and keep Daniel Jones in the pocket and take away his first read. And when you do that, he turns into uh, not very good from what we saw in that playoff game against the Eagles. So I know one playoff game, he broke a record, had like the 300 passing yards, 80 plus rushing yards, two touchdowns, but against a very good defense, which if you want to win a Super Bowl, that's who you're going to face to look completely clueless against a defense like that who completely had them figured out. That's not what you want to see. So, of course, my hope is that somehow Daniel Jones makes a big improvement and the Giants can actually open up this offense for once and finally get him a wide receiver one so we can stop hearing the complaints and hearing the excuses. I'm sure the excuses will continue regardless. But if they can afford uh, DeAndre Hopkins, whatever his contract is, or I don't know, get Brandon Ayuk or something, like just find somebody, draft somebody, get him a real wide receiver one, and we can stop hearing about the complaints. And as I said, there should not be much complaining anymore. This is now, you're paying him to be the guy. This is your guy highest paid player on the team. He's supposed to carry your offense. There should be no more excuses about, oh, he doesn't have this, doesn't have that. We need Daniel Jones to elevate those around him. It is shocking. I mean, I probably shouldn't say shocking because, I mean, <laughs> I do see what other people say about this team, but it, it's kind of crazy how many people are, like, super excited about this contract. Like, I said it at the top, like, where are we going with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? I just don't, I don't get the direction. Like, I kind of get it. Like, you want to trade water, you don't want to completely be ass next year, but 
we're not going to compete for a championship. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is a Super Bowl quarterback. By the time this team is in Super Bowl contention, even if they get there, um, Saquon's going to be in his very late 20s by that point. Like, I, I don't really know. I don't know what the direction is here, but... I guess we'll find out. And I'll say it again. This is the type of money that guys like Tannehill make and Jared Goff make now and Derek Carr and, and Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Like, those guys, it's it's so tough to win with them. That's the thing. It's like pretty much you either have to have a top seven or eight quarterback in the league, which we don't have, or a quarterback on a rookie deal, which we're past. So now we're in that weird territory where, like, we're in the middle of the pack now, and we might get lucky every other year, make the playoffs, and hopefully win a playoff game. Like, I don't want to be there. Like, I don't want to be the Minnesota Vikings. Like, why the hell would I want that? It, sure, it's fun to win. It's nice to have 9, 10, 11 wins, but, like, if you're not going to go far in the playoffs, like, I don't really see the point. I was completely fine with letting Jones and Barkley go if you're going to completely tear it down and rebuild the way you were supposed to, which I do think was originally the plan, and... It's weird because Joe Shane didn't even trade for a receiver last year at the deadline, and now he extends Daniel Jones and franchise tags Barkley. It's like, why are you kind of all in now, but you weren't all in at the trade deadline last year? I don't really get it, so that, that part does not make sense to me. And just because I don't like this particular deal, it doesn't mean I've lost faith in, in Dable, especially even Joe Shane. Shane is still 10 times better than Dave Gellman ever was, so I can't really say much bad things about him it's just me and joe shane and i guess even brian Debel, we view daniel jones in a different light and those guys are professionals and i am just a fan so we just have to assume that they're right and hopefully they are and brian Dable is still an absolute god as a coach like if if brian Dable wasn't here last year daniel jones is probably a backup somewhere he's probably backing up mahomes in kansas city so i do believe that they will save daniel jones's career there's no doubt about that um I just want to see this team get the weapons they need. I just, once again, I, I said this on Twitter about a couple weeks ago. Of course, I got a lot of backlash from it, like most of my tweets do. But I said that I'm just tired of the excuses about no weapons. I mean, we've heard this excuse now since, man, I don't know, 20, 2013, 2014. Um, that's basically a decade, guys. I mean, we have heard this excuse about weapons and offensive line for a decade. And it's just, at what point do you start to realize, like, maybe our quarterback is just not as good as he needs to be like I don't know of course you need to have a decent offensive line you have to have decent weapons but when you complain about that for 10 years straight and the one common denominator is the quarterback position which was Eli for the later you know stages of his career and of course Daniel Jones the first four years of his career at what point does the blame start to go towards the quarterback it's funny I'm reading the responses to uh my my last tweet about the uh the Daniel Jones signing. And some of the responses are pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know. As I said, I wish I could see what these people see, but I just don't. Like, looking at some of the responses, it's like, you know, hopefully you stop watching the Giants. This is what mental illness looks like in tweet form. Um, might be the most clueless fan on the planet. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know how this opinion of Daniel Jones is nothing more than a I don't know, not even a top 15 quarterback in football, and we should not overpay for him is a bad take, but apparently it is. Um, I get that the other options were not that great. I mean, of course, you had 
just some dudes out there. You had of like the Sam Darnold type guys. You had the Baker Mayfield type guys. You had the Jacoby Brissett type guys. You have Tyrod on the roster. Um, trading up for a quarterback from 26, I think the pick is. I mean, that's tough to do, obviously, so it's not the best year. But at that point, I would have rather franchised them and just, I don't know, just let Barkley go. I mean, I don't really care if they let a running back go at 26 years old. doesn't matter because, once again, I don't expect to win a Super Bowl next year. And you get a lot of responses like, go root for the Jets, you're free to go, blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, I don't have to like every move the Giants do. I clearly don't. I've, I've been very vocal about that. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't really care. My expectations next year are not going to be very high at all. So my, I can't really be disappointed. I kind of expect to be like a 7-8 win team. Probably miss the playoffs next year because, once again, can the Giants even beat their own division? That's a big problem. I mean, if they can't beat Dallas and they can't beat Philly, um, they tend to split with Washington. I mean, they tied them this year and beat them in the other game. But if they can't beat those teams, I mean, that's four or five automatic losses off the bat. So, once again, you have to beat the other teams at a very high clip, and I just don't know if you can rely on that every year. So, at what point do the Giants enter that territory of, we can compete with the Eagles, we can compete with the Cowboys? I don't know, but I don't know if it's going to happen next year. That seems kind of premature. I always thought that 2024 was going to be the year the Giants can really compete for more than just a a playoff berth but that's a a wait and see it's weird how lamar jackson gets the non-exclusive franchise tag put on him and we have daniel jones under contract now i just i mean look there's people out there's there's, there's actually people out there and believe it or not that think daniel jones is better than lamar jackson and i, I don't know what these people smoke what type of drugs they take um this is a guy lamar jackson who's won like 75 percent of his games he's won league mvp before he's never had a great wide receiver one mark andrews is a good tight end but i don't know he was like a third round pick wasn't he so i guess hollywood brown was his wide receiver one at one point who he's more of a wide receiver two for most teams now and lamar still won mvp and you have people looking at daniel jones coming off a season once again of under four thousand total yards 15 passing touchdowns and 22 total touchdowns acting like he is now better than a guy like lamar jackson and here's a tweet here from jaquan brisker who i think plays safety for the bears i think he actually had a sack on dj last year but um Somebody said in a tweet that, you know, it's a damn shame how the MVP of the league is getting treated like he is not proven. And Jaquan Brisker said, MVP, LOL, other bro got paid today and is trash, fam. And I'm sure he's talking about Daniel Jones. So um, that's kind of how the other people around the league think about him. Sadly, there are a lot of people that are out on Daniel Jones and um, they probably believe in him less than I do. It's going to be funny, though. I'm just kind of curious to see what the excuses are next year. It's going to be let's blame the left guard. Let's blame the center. We don't have a wide receiver, too. And there's going to be something. That's like the excuses won't end. It, it is what it is. I mean, if you are a Daniel Jones apologist, you will not stop with the excuses. And speaking of Lamar, I know people already think Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback. And I, I just don't know how people think that way. I, I just don't get it. I, I, how do you rank Daniel Jones over, let's, let's just say, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lawrence, uh, Goff, Tua, Dak, Lamar, Rodgers, I thought that's 12 guys right there, basically. Cousins even has had a better career. Like, I think at best, at best, Daniel Jones is like 14. But you have people already in the fan base saying, no, he's top 10. He's better than Lamar. He's better than Dak, Tua, all those guys. Yeah, I just, 
I don't know. I wish I saw what they saw, but at the same time, I'm also happy I'm not delusional. So I don't know what to think, but kind of all goes back to draft night in a way. I mean, I know that was Gettleman's regime and even uh, Pat Shermer was still there, right? Yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, that was my concern when they drafted Jones was that like he'll be he'll be good enough to like kind of fool the Giants into thinking he's like kind of good, but he's also like not bad enough where it's just like he's completely awful and he'll just be out of the league in like 3 or 4 years. Like he wasn't that type of guy either. So like that's why the whole pick was concerning to me because I did not want to be stuck in a situation like this and then he gets paired up with a great offensive mind and um in Brian Dable, and then now you're paying the guy $40 million per year annually. So, I don't know. It's just uh, It just goes back to that. I don't know why they had to do this and kind of lock themselves into this, but it is what it is. And, you know, it was great to win nine games this year, but ultimately it kind of shot them in the foot at the end. I do think that ultimately Dable and Shane came into this year wanting their own quarterback at some point. And if the Giants did, in fact, win five or six games this year like they were supposed to, or people projected them to do, then they would have taken their quarterback in this draft. But the fact that they won nine games, they saw Daniel Jones as a serviceable quarterback. And like every time they talked about Daniel Jones, they gave us the same response. They said, Daniel Jones did everything we asked him to do. It wasn't It wasn't ever Daniel Jones did everything we asked him to do and more it was always just like nope he did what we asked him to do and which is even after his um minnesota playoff game brian dable at the podium was just like yeah he was good yeah he was good and like would not elaborate and like i always got kind of a weird vibe with that because i don't know like i figured if a quarterback coming off a playoff game like that i figured you would be more excited and be like yo he was he was amazing out there. He carried the team, blah, blah, blah. Then Brian Dable was like, yeah, he was good. And Joe Shane was just like, yep, he did what we asked him to do. So I don't know how they exactly view him. I hope the Giants did not extend him because they felt like there was no other options. But clearly that might be the case. But I don't want to think that way, but that might be how it is. If they really do believe in him, would they have given him this type of contract? Would it have gone down to the final five minutes until the franchise tag? Um, you know, was not eligible anymore. I don't know. That's definitely a, a big question that we'll probably never get an answer to, but that is up for your own interpretation. So if it is a two-year deal, ultimately, we'll see what it leads to. Once again, my expectations for next year are not very high, but we do have free agency. We do have the draft, and I guess we'll see what happens. But once again, you have to beat the teams in your division. Like what happened last year was unacceptable. I hope it was an off year, but the Giants do not have much of a history of beating Philly. They don't have much much of a history recently of beating the Cowboys. And once again, the Commanders, they often like split with them. So you have to start winning more games in your division. You can't go like one and five every year or two and four. That's unacceptable. So it has to be better. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Disappointing, but not surprised. But hopefully this somehow works out and we'll see if it leads to more success. But I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Let me know in the comments how you feel about the contract and I'll talk to you guys next time.